0: man, today, man, it seems like you guys are reluctant to clap your hands and worship the Lord. And, and I'd rather you do that the whole service than anything. So don't ever hold back. Let's give the Lord praise today. That's what hope is, is when you're stressing about something, just scream out Jesus, because that's our hope, man. I was stressing for a drink and Landon brought me hope. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> I reached for my cup two or three times and I had filled it up out there and forgot to bring it in with me. And so, again, today, our theme is hope. And and a lot of times we do the Advent. I don't necessarily preach directly to uh, what we're talking about at Advent, but the Lord really put on my heart to speak towards hope. And I think, again, a lot of people are stressing in this world and and Jesus is all that's going to bring us hope. Um be honest with you this morning, it's been on my heart all day that a lot of us uh, think that and are pursuing popularity, and and if you think you're going to be popular in being a Christian, guys, they both don't usually go hand in hand. Uh, People don't want to hear a lot of times what you got to say, but you can't worry about that. We press into Christ, and that is our hope. That is all that we have. That's all that's going to last. That's all that's going to stick with us is Jesus and the hope we have in him. The scripture that I had today that is short and sweet was Romans fifteen thirteen. It says, I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in him. And that's the key to everything is, is we got to get Jesus as our source because that's our hope. A lot of times we got things plugged in to source, meaning we might plug a job in there or we might, our source may be our spouse or our source may be this and there's nothing wrong with those things, but they will not always satisfy us. They will always not please us. Our source, our hope is Jesus and only him will completely fill us with joy and peace. Do we trust him in that today? And that's what the message is around today, because when we trust in Jesus as our hope and our only supply of hope, then you will overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. When our eyes are totally focused on Jesus, it doesn't matter what's going on around us. Our hope is in him. Our trust is in him. Everything we have is in him. And I don't know why this is coming to my mind, but but I can remember one time, it's been 15, 16, 17 years ago, but I was over security at Freeman and a guy brings a gun into the facility and, and I had nothing on me. I had no way to protect myself, but, but with the hope of Christ in me and, and trusting him and walking into that circumstance, God took control and, and that man was disarmed without any trouble. And our hope needs to be in him. That man had gotten to that condition, that state because he had no hope. He had no nothing to look to. And that's the opposite that maybe the Lord's telling me in this story today. I had hope in Jesus. And I could bring peace to a situation. I could bring joy to a peace situation. This man had no hope in a situation. And all he knew was to bring death and destruction. But because our joy and our peace and everything is found in Jesus, then we can can do great things in the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Great things in the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Julie sang, O holy night today. And it reminded me again of that hope that is found in Jesus. I can remember as a young kid that mom and dad would be in the nativity scene up here and parking cars or whatever they'd be doing. And, and you know me, I was always out getting into trouble. And I'd probably gotten into trouble that night. And, and things maybe, I just can remember that I was kind of down and out. And I walked out of the back door. This church didn't exist at the time. And I walked out of the door that comes out of GJ, and that was outside. And I remember walking over to the hillside, just to the south of that, where that little tree sets in that garden down there, and laying on the hillside. And then, oh, holy night comes and begins to play. And man, the presence and the peace of God just came over me again. And I was saved at the time, but, but any time that, that we are, I would stress or I stress about life, that I can be reminded of the hope that we have in the Messiah, the hope that we have in the King of kings and Lord of lords. And that night he came over me, and I can remember it like yesterday. Guys, I'm 54, and I remember something that happened when I was 10 or 12 because it was God's presence in my life. And so never, never, ever think that Christ God is not with you. He he cares for you. In the Old Testament, they hope for this Messiah that we talk about today. And we know he came and that's what we're building into during this Advent season. That Christ came and he set us free. But as believers today, those that choose Christ, we have a hope of him returning and coming to take us home. And that's a hope that we always need to remember and always need to be pursuing. It's easy to get caught up in this world and, and thinking about the things of this world and the circumstances of this world when our hope is found in nothing less than Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. That's where we need to always remember that he's going to come back for us one day. Again, I think that's why, the, and I preached on a few weeks ago, why the disciples were so full of the Holy Ghost. And so full of the power of God is because they believed that. They knew that it didn't matter what happened in this life, that if their life would even be taken, that they would be with Jesus the next second. And they believed that so much, then they loved Jesus so much, they didn't care if they lost their life because they loved him. That's the hope that we need to be pressing into today. That we know that no matter what, that Jesus is with us. And we're going to proclaim him on the mountaintop. That our hope and everything that we're about is in him. I can be reminded of scripture in revelations that talk about that. That we need to be anticipating and be excited for his return. Revelations 1.7 says, behold, he's coming with the clouds. And every eye will see him and, and even those who pierced him. And all the tribes of the earth will all account or will well on account of him even so amen revelation 1 7 then i think of matthew 7 or twenty four forty two. therefore stay awake for you do not know on what day your lord is coming verse 44 therefore you also you must be ready for the son of man is coming in an hour you do not expect and again in revelations as we wrap our bible up it says look i am coming soon bringing my reward with me to repay all the people according to their deeds. I'm the alpha, the omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. Today, believers, are we hoping? Are we living our lives like Christ is coming back today? Are we living our lives and putting our hope and trust in him that he's coming back this second? That's the way we need to live our lives and our hope needs to be totally in him. I realize sometimes it's tough to have hope when so many crazy things are going on around us. Uh, think about my friends in Albania that that are looking for hope during this Thanksgiving season after all these devastating earthquakes has hit their lands. Uh, if you want to pull up that slide, that these are the earthquakes that I know that hit their lands, and this is some of the destruction that is in Dulles in Albania. Uh, all these earthquakes ranging from 6.3 to to, to 4.2 to 4.0, all these these tremors, if you will. And man, it's, it's maybe hard to say focus when your life is falling apart around you. Alteen called me this morning, and, or texted me this morning and said another, that may have been last night, but another 4.5 hit, hit their area. And he said, man, th- this country is shaken. He said, man, this country is living in fear. They're 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 just scared. He said that they've been sleeping in their cars at night because they're afraid to go into their buildings because of this. They, they would crumble. Their buildings aren't built like ours. Their children are scared. They're living in fear. They're scared. And he's saying, man, kid, he said, they're, they're ripe for the gospel right now. He said, man, can't we've been taking teams in? We've been ministering to people. We've been telling them about the hope that's found in Jesus Christ. And that's a message that we have, the, the hope that we have that when the world is falling apart around us, that we can go in and proclaim Jesus, He's our hope. It doesn't matter what happens around here, you believe in Him and He's going to bring you through. And so He's been able to minister to lots of people in, in Albania. It reminds me back of 911 and when it hit in America. I remember where I was at when, when the planes hit the the towers, and i wasn 't planning on saying all this, but but the planes were hitting the towers. I can tell you where I was at. I was watching it on TV at my desk at Freeman. But but I can remember up in that youth room preaching that following Wednesday night, man, kids were getting saved right and left because their world had been shaken. Their world had been shattered and they needed to hear the hope of Jesus Christ that if something happens to me, it's going to be okay. It doesn't matter what this world does. I need a hope and I can never forget that day and I'll never forget that day. But sometimes we get so complacent that we forget how much we need Jesus. So today as we come through and think about this service and are thinking about hope, there's five points that the Lord has put on my heart. And and I'll be honest with you, I got these points from the the Advent class that we're teaching. Uh, If you want to hear more about this next week, uh, they're teaching a class on Advent in the Revelation room. Guys, a lot of times we hear Advent, we think religion, God can't move in that. And that disappoints me if you feel that way. Advent is preparing and thinking towards Christ and remembering Christ and what he's done for us, preparing our hearts during this season. But each week we're going to be talking about something in that class. And this week it was on hope. But each day, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, there's a devotional. And these are the points from that devotional. And I kind of just kind of put my own words to them. But again, you can go to this class next week if you like to. But the first point is waiting with hope. The second point is hoping in the unexpected. Third point is praying with hope. The fourth point is hope in silence. And the, and the fifth is the light, of, the light of hope. So as we dive into that today, point one, waiting with hope. And this one here really jumped out at me because when Adam and Eve entered into this world, they were in a perfect world. God had created Adam and Eve and they were perfect. They were in God's image. They were in a perfect relationship with God in perfect communion with God. Man, they had a perfect job with God. Perfect. Everything around them was perfect. You tired of me saying perfect yet? It was perfect. It was a type of heaven. And we know the story that Adam and Eve, they they ate of the apple and and they sinned and were disobedient to God. And it it cut that perfection away from them. And we know the story that they were cast out of the garden. So they went from a perfect life into an imperfect life of sin and death and and, and Satan and all these horrible things that, that we despise today and just bug us. And they went from that perfect state to the imperfect state, to suffering, sickness, and then to death. We see in Genesis 3.15 that God, a, a God of love and compassion, a God of grace, came to them immediately and says, I will put intimate me between you and the woman, and between your offspring and her offspring. He shall bruise your head, and you shall bruise his heel. Have you guys ever heard that song, Satan's Under Your Feet? And we always do the little romp and Satan's Under Our Feet. That came from that scripture there. You see, God saw that separation. He saw the choices that they made. And, and he had love and compassion. And he immediately gave them a way of escape, a way of hope. He said that I will, will raise up a Messiah out of your offspring, out of your children. And I will bring this Messiah and he will restore relationship. Back to you, just like we got it now. And man, just think of the hope that gave to Adam and Eve because they went from a perfect state to an imperfect state and then a hope of a Messiah through their offspring that someday they'd be put back together with God. And they was praising God and thanking God for the hope that he had given them. Now think about this. And again, I'm not trying to be all that, but, but I had this thought come to me. You know, Adam and Eve were given that hope of this this child being born, this Messiah that would establish relationship through their offspring. Well, Eve became pregnant. She had her first child, and his name was Cain. And Cain meant, if you guys look it up, meant we have acquired. He is here. We have gotten him. So after they heard that this, this great hope that God was giving them, they bore a child and they named it K- Cain. And it just hit me through this study and through different things that I'd never thought about it before. Did they think that Cain would be that hope? You know, that, 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 that offspring, that Messiah was going to come from them, Adam and Eve. And that's what happened. Christ came from the lineage, lineage of Adam and Eve. It was just a long time later. So immediately, she must have thought, oh, praise God. Man, this kid is going to raise up and be the Messiah, and he's going to reestablish us with God. Man, just think of the hope that they must have had. We all know the story. Man, Cain went out and murdered, uh, murdered, and he was disobedient, and he was cast out. Wonder what that did to their hope because wow, I guess it wasn't Cain, and, and then what about Abel? Abel was the second one born of them, and oh Abel, man, he 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 was the Messiah and Cain took him out. What did it do to their hope? You know, God, you said that that, that, that your offspring, my offspring, would birth the Messiah, and, and now my two children are gone, and then Seth comes along. Did they lose hope? Did they lose confidence in the in the Lord? Did they lose confidence in God because things weren't going on around them? You see, Adam and Eve are a lot like us. We go to God and we complain about things in our life and we ask for prayer and God gives us a word and an answer, but we want an immediate answer. We want an immediate response. We want Him to move immediately and when He doesn't, we lose hope. I say, did Adam and Eve lose hope that day? Were they disappointed because their children didn't turn out the way they thought they would? what about israel they knew this same scripture they knew the same word from god and if you look at the 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 time that adam and eve started until the time that christ was born it's probably four thousand years did israel lose hope over that time When Elijah was raised up, when Abraham was raised up, when all these were raised up, was that the Messiah? Was that the one that was going to bring my redemption, that was going to reestablish us with God? Or did they keep pressing into the Lord and say, Lord, I trust you. Lord, my hope is in you and nothing else. I say to you today, have we lost hope? Hope in Christ and his return. I remember at salvation how excited I was that, oh, yes, Jesus comes in my heart. Man, I can tell you the day that he came into my heart. I can tell you the times over, over periods of times that he's ministered into my life. But do I lose hope each day that he doesn't come back? Or do I keep in relationship with him and, and keep pressing in and keep trusting him as my source and my hope? And that takes us back to the scripture. And I'll read Romans eight twenty three. I didn't read it this morning. First service, but you'll get it the second service. And we believers also groan. And though, even though we have the Holy Spirit within us as a foretaste of future glory, for we long for our bodies to be released from sin and suffering. We, we too wait with eager hope for the day when God will give us our full rights as his adopted children, including the new bodies he had promised us. We were given this hope and we, when we were saved. If we already have something, we don't need to hope for it. But if we look forward to something we don't yet have, we must wait patiently and confidently. Romans fifteen thirteen. I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill your, you completely with joy and peace because you trust in him. Then you will all overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. Point two, hoping the unexpected. Hoping in the unexpected. Isaiah 55 8 says, my thoughts are nothing like your thoughts, says the Lord, and my ways are far beyond anything you could imagine. We need to realize as Christians that in believers, God is not going to do things exactly like we think he will. We need to realize that God's timing is not going to be exactly like we think it will be. Second Peter uh, 3.8 says, A day is like a thousand years to the Lord, and a thousand years is like one day. The Lord is really being slow about his promise, as some people think. No, he has been patient for your sake. He does not want anyone to be destroyed, but wants everyone to repent. So we see these examples that, that how people, they can begin to think that God is slow, that he's not working exactly what like they want him to. The example of the 4,000 years before the Messiah was born, that time in between there, did God mess up? Or the time when the, the Messiah did come and the, the people were trying to make him an earthly king and Jesus was saying, oh no, you know, that's kind of in our heritage. We want him to fix this earth. That's what they did in Samuel. They wanted an earthly king when God just wanted to be their king. Same thing there. But what about the Messiah? You know, he's going to be sacrificed for people that were cruel, guilty, even enemies of God. Would that have been my idea? Would that have been my thoughts? Would that have been my timing? But what about the blood? You know, the blood of Jesus makes a person clean. You know, is that logical? You know, by his wounds... By his stripes, we are healed. Is that something we would have come up with? Is that a thought that we would have had? But this is the case of the gospel. God was saying, my thoughts are nothing like your thoughts. My ways are far beyond anything you can imagine. We just need to stay focused on him. We're not going to understand why things happen the way they do, but we need to trust him that he's in control. And that's the message of Advent that Jesus came into the world to bring you back to God through Christ's sacrifice. And we need to be patient like he's patient. And the reason he's patient is he don't want anybody to be destroyed, but he wants everybody to be saved. And we need to always remember that, that God's ultimate goal is, is that we're all saved and that we all come into knowledge and understanding of him. Now, I don't believe in luck or fate or, or, or these other things just happen. But as I was writing this point, the dogs were going crazy outside. Karen had warned me, and if you want to put a picture up there, but, but uh, the raccoon. But Karen had told me that they were chasing a possum or something. And, 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 man, it got really intense about the time I was writing this. And anyway, I walked outside, and they had this raccoon on the ground, and, and he was sprawled out on his back just clawing at him. And Drake was hitting him pretty hard, and Benji was, they were attacked in this pot shot attacking where he couldn't get control of the situation. And he was going to be a goner. And I walked out there, and I, hey, and them dogs, they never back off when they're in a keel like that. But, but they looked at me, and they both got up and walked over to me. And that raccoon went over and crawled up that tree. And anyway, that thing was in that tree. I bet I worked. I don't know an good hour to two hours trying to get him out of that tree, trying to work with him. And, and I got to thinking about the story that I'm telling you about today. You know, I didn't really like that raccoon. You know, that raccoon kept me up at night cause it was making the dogs bark all the time It was disrupting my day. It was eating all the dog food around the house. It was, it was tearing things up around the house. I mean, all these horrible things that it that, that was doing. And I can tell you guys straight up if I'd have grabbed a hold of that coon, he would have torn me to pieces. And I can remember Rick Morgan and me went uh, coon hunting one time, and, and we got kind of cornered, and Rick grabbed a hold of the coon, and that thing went to work on his arms. And, and that thing, them things will tear you to pieces. So they're not this innocent little thing that everybody thinks you are. They are. But, but the Lord hit me. That's a compassion that Christ had for us we were cruel. We didn't deserve anything. We didn't, we didn't earn anything, make anything, do anything to deserve compassion. And I'm thinking, why am I having compassion on this coon? And I was 12 years old. I went out and shot it in the head and took it and skinned it out, sold his pelt. But I had compassion for this raccoon all of a sudden. And I helped him get down and I helped him get away. But the fight that I had trying to get him out of the tree, he was having a hard time trusting me. He didn't understand why I would have compassion on him. You know, it took an eternity to get him out of the tree and the Lord hit me. Maybe that's the problem that you have. You complain about my slow time when it's taken so long because I'm trying to put you in a position to hear from me. If it had been my will, man, I would have went out and just couldn't get down. The coon would have got down and walked off. But I had to work an hour and a half to get that coon in position to get him out of there. I don't know. It's just a thought. Just a thought. But we need to remember that God loves us when we didn't even deserve it. God died for us through his son when we didn't even deserve it. And his goal is to see that everybody's saved and comes into knowledge and understanding of him. So we need to be patient. And be the same way as the Lord. Three, praying with hope. Hebrews four, fourteen. So then, since we have a great high priest who has entered into heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to what we believe. This high priest of ours understands our weakness, for he faced all the same testings we do, yet he did not sin. So let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. There we will receive his mercy And he will find grace to help us when we need it most. If you see that picture up there today, uh, does anybody know what that phone, or that's a phone obviously, I just gave it away. But kids that got the phones in their pockets now, that's the kind of phone I grew up on right there. And the neat thing about that is that looks identical to the phone that we had in our kitchen that we all shared. And guess what guys, it was a party line. Does everybody know what a party line is? The party line means that there's three or four people that shared that line with you. And I can remember as kids that, that we shared it, I think mom was telling me with the Kibblers and then some Wrenchers that I don't remember their, their name and Kindlers. But, but the other ones I can remember was the Blanchards, uh, Kay Blanchard and, and Harold Blanchard. They were just down the road for, so they go, the, Kay goes to the first service. But they were down the road from us. And I can remember growing up as a kid, it was always Mark. We'd go in there and he'd pick it up and they'd be on the line and he would go click 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 get off the phone you boys get off that phone now you get off the phone and we'd just spin them up or they would spin him up because I was always a good boy that's my mom and and then then I can remember Brian my other brother he'd go in there and set a little dial if you go over to the nine and you do this it's going to go and then it's going to go and that's what they're going to hear, and they can't talk. And they're yelling, hey, get off the line. Get off here. I'm on the line. It's my turn. And they'd yell and scream at him. But me, I'd be back, guys, you shouldn't do that. <laughs> Didn't I, Mom? That was that, Mom, just like this. And now Beatty, it's like this. But but anyhow, uh, we would just irritate the tar out of our neighbors sometimes, you know. I could even go, I remember going down to Jane and Waltz. Waltz, you had a party line with your mom and dad. Can you imagine a party line with your mom and dad? You're talking to your wife on the phone. Hey, babe, you coming home tonight? And uh, Walter, on there. Hey, Walter, can I have the phone line? You know what I mean? That'd be tough, wouldn't it? To be on a party line with your mom and dad. They shared the same line. Very uncomfortable. Very uncomfortable, believe me. Man, when I'd be talking to my girlfriend on there. Hey, babe, how's it going? You know, everybody's listening and they're quoting it back, you know. Horrible horrible. But we laugh at that today. But the Lord hit us in this devotional in this book. They were talking about that's the way it is with God. We have a party line with God. And God is on there all the time. So if we go back to the point that we're saying here today is praying with hope. We need to realize that, that God is with us every second of the day. He is never apart from us. And we need to pray with hope. So when a situation hits us, oh, Landon, upset me today. Glory to God, Jesus, will you intervene in that situation? We can pray with hope because we have a direct line with God. If you remember last week, we were talking about the point that Jesus died so that we would have access to the Father. And if you remember the story we told about Abraham Lincoln and the soldier that went in, you guys remember the story? And and he was supposed to be talking to Abraham Lincoln. He couldn't get in. And so he went outside in the park and he was distraught. Young boy comes up, listens to his story. Long story short, takes him in. And it was Abraham Lincoln's son. Introducing to Abe, they had a conversation. We have access to the father by the son. And and guys, there's nothing that breaks that. When we believe we're in and he hears from us and he answers our prayers. And we need to remember that today. We need to believe that we're constantly connected to God. Because Jesus, we have a direct line to the Father. And that's what the scripture is saying. So since we have a great high priest, Jesus, who has already entered heaven, Jesus, Son of God, let us hold firmly to what we believe. Press in. The other thing about Hebrews is that, that Jesus and God understand our weakness, Hebrews 4.15. They know our suffering, our pain, our temptations. They know all that we're going through. They're with us in the moment. But you guys realize that Jesus was betrayed. Uh, Jesus had difficulties and opposition. Jesus was ridiculed. Jesus was mocked. Jesus' body even hurt and had pain. Jesus suffered all these things because he loved us and wanted to understand all that we go through. Jesus knows where you're at today. You have a direct line to him. Is there a need in your life you haven't asked God to meet? Why not? You have a party line with the Lord. Is there a healing you're desperate for? Then ask God. Do you need to be reconciled with someone, but it doesn't seem possible? You have a party line with God. What things feel too small and insignificant in your life to lay at Jesus' feet? Man, lay him down. You got a party line, you got access to the Lord. For hope in the silence. Deuteronomy 31, 6 says, Be strong and, and encouraged courageous. Do not be afraid and do not panic before them. For the Lord your God will personally go ahead of you. He will neither fail you nor abandon you. Again, Deuteronomy 31, 6. You guys realize from Malachi. To John the Baptist was approximately 400 years. A prophet did not speak. A prophet didn't say a word. God seemed to be silent, but was he? Maybe like the raccoon, he was trying to position us to receive. You see, by the end of the Old Testament, during this time, the Jewish people had been restored to Israel from Babylonian captivity. That's one big thing. The second thing, the temple had been rebuilt. The third thing in the law and the priesthood, priesthood had been restored. Three significant things took place when it seemed that God was silent. The reason that I think this point is so cool today is that the result of us believing that God is silent in our life and thinking he don't care about us and that, that, that we're not important to him is the result of that is spiritual apathy. You see, in Malachi, when Israel felt that way, they responded by oppressing the people in Malachi 3.5. And guys, this can be a good check for you. You know, if you've lost hope, are you oppressing people all the time? Because that's a sign of it. Are you always dogging people? Are you down on people? Are you beating people up? That's a sign that you're struggling with hope. But the second thing in there there was broken relationships, broken marriage covenants in Malachi 2:13 in Malachi 3 eight they'd stop tithing, they'd start giving back to God. they'd start giving it, they stopped stop giving at the time, they tithing the talents. And the fourth thing, the priests didn't fear the Lord and failed to teach the people the way of God. Man, does that not describe our society today that when society loses hope? When a nation loses hope, they begin to oppress the people. They begin to break covenants of marriage and relationships. They begin to stop giving back to God of their time, their time, their talents. And their priests began to preach things tickling to their ears. Hmm. What is the longest period of time you waited for an answer to prayer? Did you feel forgotten, discouraged, frustrated? Are there unanswered prayers in your life now? Man, guard against spiritual apathy. Repent of spiritual apathy if you've got there. Do not oppress others. Don't give up on relationships. Don't give up on giving to God. And don't give up on pursuing his word. We need to press into him. Because God is speaking. God is moving. I don't care what you think, God is moving. There's a quote from John Piper. He said, God is always doing 10,000 things in your life, and you may be aware of three of them. I think that is so true. I think that is so true. So when we seem to be going through silent times, God is often working, 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 working for us. And we need to remember Deuteronomy 31, 6, so be strong and courageous do not be afraid and do not panic before them for the Lord your God will personally go ahead of you he will neither fail you nor abandon you Now I think about my friends in Albania with all these earthquakes it's unbelievable they just keep saying will it ever stop Is God listening to me is God remembering me is God here Yeah he is He is be strong and courageous Galatians four, four, but when the right time came, get that? When the right time came, God sent his son born of a woman, subject to the law. God sent him to buy freedom for us who were slaves to the law, so that he could adopt us as his very own children. Praise God. God's in control. Praise the Lord that he's in control. And we close out today with the light of hope. And and guys, we need to be shouting the Lord's name. We need to be proclaiming him all over the earth because we got something that people want more than anything. He's the light of this world and we've got him and we need to rejoice about that louder than we rejoice at the ball games. We need to rejoice and celebrate it louder than we do at wedding ceremonies and all these other things we celebrate. We need to be giving him glory because the light has come and he's in us and it overtakes darkness. But what the problem with a lot of people is the fear of darkness, the unknown, the inability to see what God is, what is going on around us or what is ahead of us is what causes us great anxiety. And again, I refer back to the Albanians and and because we can relate to that today, great fear. They don't understand. They don't understand. they, they, They can't figure it out. We need to press them and point them to the light. We need to point them to Christ. Instead of focusing on fear and anxiety of darkness, focus on the light. Isaiah prophesied whenever Israel and the nation and Adam and Eve, all these people, he prophesied that Christ, this child, would come. Isaiah 9, 6, for a child is born to us. A son is given to us. The government will rest on his shoulders and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Anything, any fear, any anxiety of government, of of any of these things that's going on in the world today, Jesus is called to be your Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, your Prince of Peace. He fulfills all in all in you. John 8, 12, I am the light of the world. If you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness because you will have the light that leads to life. Our hope is found on nothing less than Jesus Christ. But as believers, we constantly take every opportunity to declare Jesus in our lives. As we preached on last week, Matthew 28, Jesus said, go into all the world, tell them about this great light. On Mark 16, 15, go into all the world, and proclaim this great light. In John 14, 12, go into all the world, proclaim this great light. Do the works that I have done, were Jesus' own words. Do the works that I have done. See what Jesus has done, and apply them in your life. He's given you that power and authority. He said, you'll even do even greater things, because I've gone to be with the Father. So press into him. Press into who he is. Praise team, if you want to come forward now, I'm going to close out today with a reminder of these points today. Are you waiting with hope today or have you lost hope? Some of you in here today may not have accepted Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior, and you need the hope of a Messiah. You need the hope of Christ in your life. Come to me and let me pray with you because that is the true life and the true hope that we have is jesus christ are you hoping in the unexpected when the timing's not there when it's not going the way you expected it to go are you still trusting in jesus and point three are you praying because you've got a party line with the lord and trying to hear and apply his thoughts to your life are you in a time of silence, maybe that you're not hearing from the Lord? And you just need to be reassured the Lord is speaking to you. Well, He's here today, but I also remind you that this world needs the hope that we have, and we need to let it shine brightly through us. After the first service was over today, Matt Forster came up to me and and he told me this last week, but it just didn't really gel. And he came back again this week, and he said, "Pastor, the Lord." has called me to, he prayed every morning at his farm. And he spends time and takes time every day to pray at his farm. And the Lord had told him to drive all the way out to Oakton and to pray at these altars. And and he was obedient to the Holy Spirit. And he said he came out and he kneeled up about where Joel's stand is there and below before the cross and just began to pray. And the Spirit spoke Romans chapter 5 to him, verse 5. And today, when he read that, he again came up and I said, Max, share that with the church. Because this is what God had told him to tell the church. And he did the first service. But Romans 5 5 says, and hope does not put us to shame. Because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit, who has been given to us. Our hope is in Jesus. The other thing I need, if you continue reading in Romans 5, verse 6, for while we were still weak at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. That was verse 8, excuse me. We were sinners and Christ died for us. Our hope is in him. So as we go back to the verse that we started out today with, I pray that God, the source of, of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in him. Then you overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. Did you guys get, keep getting that? It keeps saying through the power of the Holy Spirit. When you go to God and you speak to God, the Holy Spirit's going to move on your life and it's going to give you direction. And I've read scripture after scripture that's saying that over and over and over And today. Do you remember you're on a party line with God? He knows where you are. He knows everything going on. But Gary, the Lord, he believes spoke to him this morning and he wrote this before service today. Not knowing what we were talking about today, the Lord gave this to Gary. My church, I will protect and keep my children from the hand of the enemy. I will give them the grace to withstand and have victory over any attempt to cause them to deny my name. Even when the time is complete and the end is near, I will hold those who call on my name from every nation and tongue and tribe in my hand of protection. For those who look to the Lamb of the tribe of Judah shall be under my watch, care, deceit, and tribulation by the enemy will be overcome by those who are called by my name and operate in my power. Nothing can come against them that will prevail. You will be protected through the end of time as you look to me. I will have the victory and you will be a part of that victory. Persevere to the end with me, says the Lord. Do you receive that today? These altars are open today. If you need to receive Christ your Lord, please come to me. But the Lord's dealing with you about any one thing. Come to these altars today because you have a party line with him.